He's here. He's here. Now, in a random student media building, deep in the bowels of the recording studio, under the wooden plaster of a marked building, we once again make contact with our lead analyst, Scott Harris. Hey, 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 people. Scott here, back with another episode of Capitol Hill Landscaping with Scotty. I'm here joined once again by a very special guest. Hi, my name is Alejandro, and I'm so glad to be in the show again. We got quite a bit to talk about today. As uh, anything, uh, a week that seems completely boring and nonsensical for some reason has a lot happen in the span of, especially, honestly, for me, probably the past 48 hours. Honestly, yes, same for me. I've seen a lot. I'm going to hit you with a lot of international things that I've been catching up to. Mm -hmm. And there's also a very big special event that just happened recently, and I want to share about it. So I look forward to Mm it. I guess to start things off, uh, I don't know if you saw or not. I haven't. I've watched. I watched like the first part of it, but the current president of El Salvador, actually, he went on like Tucker Carlson's like, not his primetime show, but kind of like his secondary show that he does. Huh. Where it's like, you know, full, it's like a full on like hour long interview. I watched the first like 10 minutes of it. And, you know, like I, he speaks like perfectly, like he speaks like perfect English. So you could wow. just completely like, they could just communicate with each other. It's not like when Tucker did like, a, he went to Brazil for that Bolsonaro interview and like they had a translator the entire time. Bolsonaro. <laughs> Yeah. I remember him. <laughs> <laughs> Is he still in Miami? I, I think so. I mean, they did storm the Brazilian capital. No, they did not just the capital. It was like, well, like they yeah. could, I think it was the Supreme Court, the House of Legislatives, yeah. bunch of stuff. <laughs> I did not know that the uh, El Salvador's president came here to Tucker Carlson's show. Yeah, he's become kind of like this kind of like, oh, man, if only we had a guy like him here kind of thing that's quite that's kind of what i've seen he's been made into he's been propped up as this figure in the u.s to be like if only we had somebody like him as president Mm -hmm. because i remember i checked like his last approval rating like poll was at like an 82 percent or something along those lines huh so i don't i don't know a lot about el salvador i mean we are in a class about latin america Mm -hmm. but it's it's interesting because my girlfriend's family is from el salvador oh really yeah so i remember that one day her grandma was talking about it we were talking about the gang violence and she just spoke so highly of him she was like oh now that we have do you know his name (laughs) google time google time google time (laughs) google time but yeah she spoke so highly of him she's like yeah no he's doing great work and i was like who is he it's uh, Naib Bukili. Naib Bukili. B-U-K-E-L-E. Like Berkeley, but spelled differently. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I don't know a lot about it. I know, I mean, at least from her experience, uh, she personally was like, now I can, I, I would like to go back to El Salvador and visit. So it's, it's interesting. I didn't know that he was so active internationally. Yeah, like he's kind of, because I guess specifically the American media, like he basically release footage of like hey we have like these mega prisons to basically round up uh, all these gang members to mm-hmm. try to make the country safer and it got a lot of attention in the u.s and now the american right and conservatives are you know they kind of propping up it'll be like probably a 
an international guest that like makes occasional appearances, mm. kind of like a Tulsi Gabbard kind of situation. I don't know who that is, but hey, I believe you. Yeah. <laughs> um, interesting. I wonder if they'll use his uh, example to say, hey, we should be tough in crime. Maybe, but it's, I don't know, it's interesting to see because it's like, it seems what he's doing in El Salvador is what Reagan tried to do mm -hmm. in some capacity or what like some tough on crime politicians have tried to do, but have kind of utterly failed, but he was able to do it like radically successfully. I think it's probably because of the size of the country. I mean, I think El Salvador's so yeah. pretty small. It's one of the smallest nations in Central America. To my knowledge, don't quote me. Um, mm -hmm. But, I mean, you try to do the same thing here. And I don't think you'd even be, even get close to even building another prison because so much opposition. But mm -hmm. at the same time, do does El Salvador have private prisons or is it state-owned? I'm, I'm assuming it's state-owned. Yeah. Because I'm, if they have the amount of efficiency that they're using, it has to be state-owned, honestly. Yeah, so, um, basically, if they're bringing up in politics, you say, hey nationalized right uh prisons <laughs> yeah. maybe that'll help <laughs> i probably would honestly i don't like the idea of private prisons prisons yeah it's a very uh interesting industry yeah yeah let's let's give you money for every person you put in jail we'll use the funny like um asterisk that's on the 13th amendment or is it the it's the 13th or 14th no it's the 13th amendment uh -huh. that says you can't no forced labor allowed except if they're in prison I'm so glad Oregon passed it away. That they finally <laughs> got rid of it. Legal slavery. Because <laughs> I, I found it surprising when the um, measure came up. I was like, that's legal? Like, Oh, yeah. How do you think your license plates get made? That's that's the stereotype where it's like, oh, Dang. if you had no private prison workforce, then you would have no license plates. That's the running gag I guess I've heard. I wouldn't be... You know, paying $122 for my stickers if I didn't have license plates. <laughs> so I'm just saying, <laughs> you could get rid of a lot of, you know, don't have to pay 122 in a month. So it's true. It's true. I just say, you know, don't make prisons. Um, prison's bad. That's what I'd say. Uh, I think it's good, though, for El Salvador that they finally got to uh, fix the, what's it called? The, the homicide rate? The homicide rate and like the, the crime rate, too. Because it's especially, you know, I'm myself, I as an immigrant, you know, it's hard to see Latin America just how, how hard it is, you know. And I know tons and tons of immigrants. And I think uh, internally you all kind of say, dang, you know, we, we wish we were in our country. You know? And it's sad to see how um, there's been so, there's so little progress at times. Mm -hmm. And that kind of brings me to my other point. Um, so perhaps you know about this country in latin america it's like mexico maybe you've heard of it i believe i've heard of it yeah at some so point. so it, it's a democracy but recently the the president uh kind of butchered the budget for the like i think it's, it's multi-party so multi-partisan electoral institution hmm. and he just said hey you know th this this institution is bad and you know we'll save millions if we just cut the budget but this is the institution that oversees elections and he wants to go ahead isn't he a left-leaning president 
No, 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 no. Or is no. that was that the previous one? That was no, no, no. He he ran as a leftist with okay. a coalition. Okay, I see. but All the right. moment he took office, he just kind of started shifting slightly right and right. I think he's a conservative left, uh, okay. which was interesting because when I learned about him, I was like, okay, he's a leftist. So I expect some, you know, so sort of social reforms. But um, his main running things were, hey, we're gonna, uh, what's it called? Not reform, but industrialize or like modernize the south mm. of Mexico, which is mostly dense jungles and small communities. And that's kind of where a lot of people said, hey, yeah, that'd be nice because a lot of modernization is centered in the center of Mexico. Mm-hmm. But all he did, well, at least from what I know, the biggest one is he wanted to build a new railroad. And he promised that it would be environmentally friendly, but he didn't do it. He skipped on a bunch of stuff, his engineers. And he said that it was going to be super cheap, like every other politician, you know, super cheap, super fast. You know, it's going to get done. It's going to make Mexico great again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so far, there's been so many setbacks. The ground, apparently, it can't hold rails. Some of them are caves, so you can't expect too much. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't, like, he didn't want to cut through forest. He said he wasn't, and then he's cutting through forest. Um, and then it's super expensive and a lot of that money, in my personal opinion, could have gone to like social reforms, Mm -hmm. especially with, you know, the disparity on income in Mexico. You know, you have very rich people and you have very poor people, especially in the South. So he's effectively, what what do you think is his purpose for removing that kind of election, like the, literally the organization that oversees elections? I, you know, this is speculation. Uh, but a lot of the articles I read is he he's always had a thing against him, you know? Mm. It, there's almost, you know, I think in nowadays it's very common for somebody to say, hey, the election was stolen. And we saw it in the United States. We saw it in Brazil. And I think we're seeing that in Mexico as well, mm. where he said he lost an election. He ran three times and he lost the first two. And in the first, the second election, he lost by 1% of the vote. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody said it was legit, you know, nothing bad. But he kind of always had this, like, resentment over it. Hmm. And uh, he's also had a lot of setbacks with the uh, institution where some of his, like, candidates for Senate and stuff were being denied because they weren't following the laws correctly. So he kind of started taking more rampant attacks on it. Hmm. And this is, like, the most recent. I think this happened, like, two weeks ago, something around that. Okay. And I think it's important to talk about because I think we're seeing a lot of uh, attacks into democracy, mm. you know, where we're seeing a lot more of uh, totalitarian regimes kind of trying to take over or at least kind of not demoralize, but um, deface uh, democratic institutions mm. like we're seeing it here with the polls and, you know, voting rights. And then we're seeing it in Brazil where, you know, there's a group a literal group stormed, like we said, the whole, like, every governmental... They did uh, it on a January 8th, and yeah. they did it with three buildings with, like, 15 times the people. <laughs> yeah, and, it, it, like, I mean, I remember seeing, like, there were fires inside the buildings. Um, it's not like the one, like, January 6th, where the people, like, they got inside, and they just kind of, like, they respected, like, you know, the red velvet robe. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> uh, no, it, it was actually, it was almost like a, 
like I, I hate to use this term, but it was almost like a Latin America dramatization of what happened. It's, it's, like, it's like I was watching a novella on January 6th because a bunch of Brazilians just started going like, oh, Bolsonaro won, Bolsonaro. And Lula is a leftist, so he's facing a lot of that uh, coming out of Brazil. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm just kind of scared because, you know, as a, a Mexican, it's like, well, is, is Mexico going towards that again? And Mexico has a history of having a one-party rule. El PRI, yeah, that one. Are they still active? Yeah, they're still active. They're one of the, surprisingly, I don't know how, but uh, they, they're one of the people who oppose this new new thing. And I'm like, huh. What? Yeah, I know. What? <laughs> That's what I expected. I was like, I was like, who? Huh? The PRI? The that PRI? one? That one. Are you sure? This not, not a typo? This conservative right-wing party in Mexico that held power for, for what, 80, 80 years? 70, 80 70, years. Yeah. And they're like, hey, you shouldn't do that. I'm like, huh. You, huh? You, you um, you kind of <laughs> did it, and it's it's interesting because it's this institution, the it's the it's called the INE, mm-hmm. I N E, um, National Institute Electoral Institute. Uh, it's responsible for ending that kind of 70, 80 year mm-hmm. regime they had. So I was surprised when I saw that they were like one of the. I think it's like a spokesperson or a party member or representative just automatically says. Hey, you shouldn't do that. You know, like there's a limit. Uh, so it was very interesting. But uh, I think a lot of people are speculating that he's just trying to keep his party in power. Because mm. uh, what he's trying to say is, well, the Ines shouldn't have the power to run the elections because, you know, nobody oversees them. They're supposed to be their own thing, right? So They're, he's saying okay. the government should mm. be the one in Like the government should have more power over the elections. And by cutting its budget, they're cutting, I mean, they're cutting hundreds of jobs. I mean, uh, there's closing offices. I mean, they're reducing their ability to, like, um, deny candidates who don't follow electoral laws. Okay. And, uh. again, I think I think a lot of it comes out of his resentment that he just, you know. Like, out of spite? Yeah, like, almost like, oh, remember when you, you know, said that I lost? Well, guess who lost this time? You know, who, who's laughing last? Um and it's just upsetting because again, it's a it's a big blow to democracy, and there were there were pro, uh, protests against it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, it's kind of bad. What do you think? Uh, Good move. I don't, I don't I don't know. We can, I'm not super well versed in Mexican politics mm-hmm. per se. I just remember, oh, this guy is a leftist. He's elected, and what's this? It's it's six years. Yeah, six term? years a term, and, and they can reelect. And you, you can't run for a re-election. No, and you get one. Was he re-elected in 2018, 2020? Uh, he was elected in 2018. Okay. Because we have, and that's the scary thing, we have elections next year in Mexico. Oh, boy. So he's just kind of setting the field, you know, it's like playing chess, but then you're taking pieces from the other side. Okay. So, and then it's supposed to be overseen by um, the Supreme Court. The Mexican Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that they say this is unconstitutional because the government, the sitting party, shouldn't be able to run the elections. Because mm-hmm. guess who did it? <laughs> the PRI did it, <laughs> and you know, there's there's a very famous story about uh, an election in Mexico where is it the one where they like cut the powers? Yes, everybody one? knows it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> they cut the power, and then all of a sudden, the PRI candidate won, mm. and I was like, huh, some ghosts, you know. And won immediately. I, uh, I it makes it. It's it's funny that you know. You know, I like that. I'm glad my pe- people know my country. <laughs> because I remember we. It's probably been mentioned like three or four times in class. This term so yeah. far, I want to say, and yeah. then also in the previous term, I think. Maybe. 
I don't think my uh, did I have a class with? Her? Oh yeah, race and ethnicity. Yeah. Yeah. So I would have. Ima- I imagine he would have mentioned it, but mm-hmm. it, it's just it's scary. You know, we're we're almost going against democracy. You know, so I didn't realize that Mexico has a presidential election the same year that the U.S. Yes, also has. Yes, it's presidential terrifying because you know we, we last time we talked about how. We both were like, you know, clenching our fists, knowing what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Now I have to do it with four fists because I got to deal with Mexico <laughs> and the United States. I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> hey, speaking of 2024, we have new candidates yes. for president. We've got two ones that I'm more interested in that are Republicans that aren't Trump. And then the one, Marianne, Marianne Williamson for the Dems. Oh, I didn't know a Democrat. Uh, finally yeah, Biden up. has a challenger. Wow. And his press secretary actually saw this morning basically was kind of deflecting about a question about like, how does the president feel about uh, Williamson challenging him for the primary? And she just kind of deflected the question. She's like, who? Yeah, it's like, (laughs) I guess they're kind of assuming that they already have the nomination Mm -hmm. in a way. But I don't know. It'll be interesting to see because the Dems have also there. There's no more Iowa caucus, which... Thank goodness. <laughs> if you don't know, uh, the Iowa caucus is Iowa's the first state yeah. in primary for both parties, but it, in my opinion, has probably one of the worst systems imaginable for <laughs> selecting who gets a delegate. Like, there's a very famous video of um, the last presidential election where it was a vote. The Iowa caucus people, there was like a group of them that were debating: okay, should Bernie or Warren get this delegate? And then they literally, they had a coin toss. <laughs> and they said, heads. Uh, was it Warren? Yeah, Warren, you get that delegate. And it's like, huh? so, 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 so we're just, the people, no, 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 no. Get, get those things out. No, 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 a coin. We're going to flip a coin. Yeah, first off, it's not even like a ballot sent directly to party members. You have to show up and debate for like hours and hours at like a school, like a high school or something, and then come to a collective decision about, which rep who gets a delegate huh. of your I think you, you have to be a party of that particular party, mm-hmm. but it's not like a direct like primary ballot, like how we get them here. It's like you literally have to physically go and debate. Dang. Which is I mean, it's cool. Yeah. In a way, it's awesome. But I don't think it's cool to, you know, decide, all right. Uh, a potential president uh, gets to be decided with a coin toss. Yeah, I think that's insane. No, yeah. that, <laughs> I didn't know that. Thanks for ringing it out of the light. Yeah. Please. I, you know, I, I, it, it's funny because I think I usually tell people, it's like, oh, you don't know what to do. You just flip a coin. So it's terrifying that <laughs> it's probably someone who was like, who do we choose? I don't know. Flip a coin. Okay. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I believe um, now the first state for the primaries, it's, it's either Illinois or South Carolina. It's one of those two. Are those, does those tend to go, are those tend to be swings? No, right? No, but for a primary, they can definitely be, definitely decided because like, by the reason, like the main reason Biden basically gained all his momentum was Super was, Tuesday in South Carolina. Yeah. Because so. he destroyed Bernie in that area. I remember Sanders. It almost, it almost feels like a, like one of those like log cabin stories, you know, where you're sitting in front of fires. I remember him, you know, you know, asking me to give him financial support and telling me I was going to get free college. Neither of those happened. Neither. Yeah. <laughs> and now we have um, on the Republicans, we have Nikita. the sanctimonium. No, not no, yet. no, not yet. Yeah, not, not yet. yet. He's, he's, he's a wild card. Yeah. He might. He might just bide his time. 
you know, he might be like, all right, I am two term governor. I'm basically going to just run and do my job for the amount of time I'm here and just do whatever in 2028 because that would technically make the most sense mm-hmm. in a way. But now we have, we have Nikki Haley. <laughs> I, I've read about her and I was just kind of confused. I was like, where, where is she coming from? Because she's not, she didn't, because I think the, the interesting thing for Republican candidates is they have to weigh in. Do we attack Trump? Do we praise Trump? Or do we just kind of coexist alongside? And I think that's because I remember I read like an opinion article on the Washington, I think it was the Washington Street or mm-hmm. Washington Post. Um, and in it, they were like, she's kind of taking a mild approach. Like she, she hasn't denounced anything about Trump. But she like kind of hints at it, mm-hmm. but nothing clear. Like you really have to think. Like you'd have to listen to her and be like, "Guy, which guy? Guy with money? Guy with tie?" I'm like, mm. "Oh, that could be Trump." Yeah, I see it. You know, so interesting. What do you think? Um, I don't know. Nikki Haley's. She's been. She's always been talked about. Like she was talked about in 2020 and 2022 mm-hmm. a bit. Like she's like if you go on like a random oh, who do you want to be the Republican nominee? Her name is always there, even though she was the governor of South Carolina and then the ambassador to the UN during the Trump administration. Mm-hmm. So her her policies overall are kind of neoconish for the most part. What does that mean? <laughs> like kind of like very aggressive okay. foreign policy, mm. kind of like what Trump's foreign policy was oh, great. in a way. But just, you know, it's it's her instead. And Great. then you have this other guy, uh, Vivek. I've yeah, the, the businessman, right? Yeah, the yeah, businessman. Yeah, yeah. I've read about him. I was like, who are you again? <laughs> yeah, so it'll be interesting to see because even then, the problem is is that every everybody realizes that Trump's base can just carry him through the nomination. Mm-hmm. And so if DeSantis tries to run, then he has to basically, he's not competing with Trump. He's competing with Nikki Haley and Vivek. Yeah. And you know, it. I wonder if, you know, I wonder if Trump loses the nomination, if he'll just run independent. He will. I, 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 I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I do not doubt that for a um, second. I, and then that would just split the Republican vote. It would split. It would split. It's, it's so expected that I've seen like two dozen like variations of election results. Twelve like endings. By county. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Twelve endings of Biden wins every single time. Biden could just like play a dementia joke and I, I bet he still wins. He was like, oh, he probably, I forgot. He probably would. It, like, it, it reminds me of the time in our class when that guy just said, hey, uh, Joe Biden has dementia. And then our professor was just like, slander. And I was like, I mean, it is slander. It's pretty slander, but it's also not. I mean, he is 80, but like, hey, Uncle Pepe in Costa Rica was old too. Everybody likes him, I think. True, true. true yeah. I think it's the fact that we have an elderly president but he doesn't have the charisma of Reagan because Reagan yeah. was in his late 70s and I think early 80s when he was president. The Reagan moment. Which is really weird to think about still because I remember, oh, he was the governor of California when? The 60s, right? I don't know. I honestly kind of, for the most part, uh, ignored uh, Reagan. But I do I do find it funny how, how avid he was against marijuana. I, I like to think that right now he's probably, you know, like, twitching in his coffin, realizing that Colorado, you know, legalized it, California, legal Oregon, the entire, you know, the federal government's basically just kind of like, can we still hold on? Can we still hold on? And I bet Reagan is just like, 
twitching. Just like, oh, what have they done to my country? <laughs> it's weird that they haven't done anything yeah. about that yet. When I remember I saw something where, like, through executive order, you could change the classification of it, mm-hmm. and it becomes legal in the U.S. overnight. And it just doesn't do anything about that. So. I mean, I, I think if Biden were to do it, several people would vote for him, you know? You get the progressive votes. Yeah. That's for sure. Which yeah. Is, he desperately needs the progressive yeah, so, uh, votes. Biden, if you're listening, you know, make wheat legal again, but like at a federal level. Um, and then everybody will either be high while voting or will be voting for you. So, I mean, that, I think that's pretty good. <laughs> A yes and a no can very simply turn into a yes and a no when high. I don't know. <laughs> you definitely uh, have a better shot in uh, New York because I, I don't know if you saw, but no. did you see the swing, like the R swing during in New York? Oh, with the... With Schumer, like Schumer basically. Yeah, lost. He, he didn't, I mean, he won, but like oh. he, his like, I think in his previous senator election, he won at like 60 to 70%. And then he only lost, he only won by like five, like 55, 45, which if you're thinking about uh, like, this is New York we're talking about. Yeah, like it's a big Democrat stuff. And then a bunch of representatives won, Mm -hmm. uh, lost too, and a bunch of Republicans. My favorite, uh, it's Santos. Santos. I love Santos. (laughs) (laughs) Hey man, um, let's lie about our theses and run for for representatives. (laughs) Just make up lie about literally your entire life still be in congress and just deliver chick-fil-a every day to the reporters oh, that are just outside your office hey guys don't be mean to him here's some chick-fil-a <laughs> that's literally i remember was, he's he just walked outside he had a table outside of his office people were swarming him and then he just like left a big bag of chick-fil-a and it was just all just basic sandwiches for the people wow, for not even the chicken ones do they sell? I don't know. I don't eat Chick Fil A because they're you know. It's um. It's just it was just the original because the original sandwich is just a bread and it's bread, chicken, and two pickles, wow. and I think some mayo. No, it's just Probably. pickles. I mean, I or maybe I don't know. I don't like Chick Fil A. You know, they're they're not progressive. Let's put it that way. <laughs> they're uh very. It's very good chicken though. I don't know, man. I I've I've had it, and it's like. Per, call me call me a Louisiana fan, but I think Popeyes is better. Mm. I mean, it's a kitchen in Louisiana, I think, or just a big corporation. But I think Popeyes is better. And you know, if I do get ripped to pieces after people hear this, then then we know Chick Fil A is supreme. <laughs> <laughs> Chick Fil A during the the San the yeah. You went to Santos uh, event and got free Chick Fil A. <laughs> I feel like I would just for that. If I was honestly, like, yeah, I'd be like, it's a free sandwich. Like it's a free a good sandwich. Free food is free food. It's true. You know? Unless it's falsettes, but that's technically speaking. But he didn't say that. The university. Um, I'm not held uh, liable. Uh, I'll edit that later. Uh, anyway, mood. <laughs> <laughs> it's not slandered. Not slandered. Or liable or li- liability. Uh, what's the other one called? I studied these and I forgot. Liability. No, slander and libel. Libel. That's what it is. Is libel? I think so. When I think it's slanders, it's spoken. Libel if it's written. Mm. And I think podcast counts as slander because it's mm. recorded. Gotcha. Understandable. Uh, anyway. who, else is, who else is announced? Uh, just, I know there was one other 
Republican, right? Yeah, there's one other Republican, but, you know, it's like Bill Weld or something along that line. Republican nominee number three. <laughs> yeah, Republican nominee number three, they're going to get two votes, probably. Hey, you know, two votes is two votes. They, they will celebrate it. Um, How do you think? Do you think... What did you think of the State of the Union speech? I'm curious. Do you watch it? Uh, I watched the highlight reel of it. I thought it was in- it was interesting. I like honestly. Yeah. I honestly kind of, you know, I I tipped my hat to Biden when he started arguing with the Republicans in the middle of it. I was like, I thought the Marianne Marianne Mar- Marjorie Green Mar- Taylor. Yeah, Marjorie Green Taylor. <laughs> Marjorie her just yelling and screaming. I was like, oh, okay, okay. Uh, just a regular day. <laughs> I thought I don't know. It was interesting. The mm-hmm. The idea of the uh, Republicans wanting to cut Social Security and them, like, refuting that, even though they said it. Yeah. And then Biden saying, you said you wanted to do this. I think that was... But, I don't know, in my, like, you know, Gen Z mind, it's like, I'm not going to I'm not gonna benefit from this. <laughs> hey, not now, but later. Maybe. Perhaps. Hypothetically. I don't know. If we make it there, if, you know. <laughs> if we make it and we, there's still money, plenty of money in that bank. Yeah, see. Maybe. You know, I mean, Biden was like, oh, looks like you guys are open for conversation. I love conversation. That's when I realized he's a good guy. <laughs> I just, that that single, like, what was it? Like a five minute. That was my favorite part. Just seeing it was how. just a blip. That blip. Like, if I memorize something, it was just Joe Biden being like, you guys want to defund Social Security. And then they're like, no, we never said that. And he's like, oh, great, cool. Okay. Let's talk about it. And then all the Republicans are like, oh, that's not that's not how you play. <laughs> this is why I kind of wish Biden was like, I feel like if Biden was like 20 years younger. Oh, he'd win. I, like, I, I, I would not doubt that his ability. Like, yeah, honestly, like if it was like, especially like 90s Biden. <laughs> I don't know. I think 90s Biden would be kind of cool, you know. Uh, but uh, I do find it funny. Uh, I don't know. I kind of find it stutter to be cute. It's like, oh. Stuttering. <laughs> so I, I think it's funny. Uh, you know, he's he's got my vote. He's the only one running, basically. Yeah, basically, but you know, he's got my vote. Unless what's the uh Democrat nominee number? Williamson, yeah, Williamson. Williamson. Could have my vote. Just, you know. Do something. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how it goes in the primaries, which I'm talking. It's uh, it's March. So we got what? Uh, it's Less a, than a year. Six months. Six. Oh, primaries start in six. Like campaign seasons basically already started. Oh. And it's basically we're kind of we're in that early stage where like oh. everybody is announcing or everybody who wants to run is running. I kid you not. I got like a shiver through me. Like <laughs> I, I think my body's already like having like emotional distress over it. I'm not excited. You're saying Bloomberg will run again? Who? Bloomberg. <laughs> Look, man, I <laughs> you had to say it twice because I didn't remember the guy. <laughs> He's the guy who like ran. He basically spent like three billion yeah. dollars. Yeah, on yeah, ads. the guy that spent a bunch and still lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know. He joined like in the middle of like two like of the prime debates for the Democrats already happened at that point. And then he was like, "Hey, guys, vote for me." And then he spent a lot. I do remember. I think that was the the only thing I read about him. Like. Uh, there was like no like description of he, what he was gonna do, but it was just like, hey, look at this guy. He spent like, bil- like millions. He spent more money than Hillary did, and he didn't even get the he didn't get even <laughs> get across the primaries. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. I don't know. I think it'd be funny to see him drop another five million. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, keep dropping money. Maybe it'll help. 
It's like a maybe he thinks it's like a pay to win. You know, if, if we pay enough, we might win. It's true. Maybe and perhaps the second time's the charm, and then who knows? Maybe he'll give more money to programs. You know, like oh, maybe maybe if we give more money, we will oh, see. So yeah, uh, the Santimonium, right? I I just love that name for him. The Santimo the Santimony, which is it's because his name his last name it's Italian last name it's like holier like. It's yeah. it's a, it's a very it has a religious uh, meaning to it, but it's like the Santimonious. It's like holier than thou or something like that. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Is but, the, is but like Trump the, called him that, and I just thought it was hilarious because he was like, because uh, they put him in. I think it was the New York Post as the future, uh, like Ron. It's Ron, right? Yeah, Ron DeSantis. Yeah, and they put him as Ron the the future, and then Trump responded by saying, "The sanctimonium, like you know, satanic." And I just found it funny because. Uh, I don't know. How do you feel about Santis? Do you think I think he'll eventually join? He'll what? How do you think he'll fare? Because for a while he was like the chosen Republican, mm-hmm. but I've read a lot of the things. Yeah, and he just kind of looks kind of mild at things. He's very okay. So he's very he's very like standard. The only thing is, is the fact that he basically turned Florida from a swing set into a permanent R state for like yeah. the next twenty plus years. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't like you. You he won with a bigger margin than Gavin Newsom in California. Yeah, which says a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's scary. <laughs> so it's like, I feel like he'll definitely run. Like no matter what, twenty twenty eight. I think he's gonna run. Yeah, Trump will be too old by then, and I don't know, man. He might run again. Oh boy! You know they say if there's a will, there's a way. He could be walking in a wheelchair and, you know, still telling us how he'll make America great, great, great again, 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 again. So he doesn't have my vote. (laughs) But kind of insane what he's doing in Florida, huh? Yeah. What do you think of the subject um, of AP African studies being just saying, hey, that's not real history. (laughs) It's very interesting. I don't know. Because I'd have to, I didn't realize that you would have that much i guess the entire the idea is that making sure making like the state government more mm-hmm. involved at the local level kind of in a way it's kind of centralizing education mm-hmm. i haven't read into the specific examples that they cited for ap african stu- african american studies mm-hmm. but i'm assuming it's generally just looking at american history through an african american lens i imagine so because I don't know, but it's interesting to see that as like, oh, this is an AP college credit course because mm-hmm. I don't think I've, I don't think we even have that. I don't here think so, but I I like to yeah. think that it would be like you know something related. Like I mean, we have here a lot of Latin America focused like classes, and I feel like something tells me if you know Ron DeSantis ran in Oregon and won, he'd be like, hey, this Latin America stuff, it's not very America, you know, very American of us. I feel like I disagree with that because I remember what our professor said where he basically he decided to change it from like instead of like uh, bashing the U.S. 101 kind of course. It's uh-huh. like, hey, let's actually just take a look at each individual example and just kind of understand why this happened. Mm-hmm. I think that's also that might be it. It just might be the tone of how it might be a, how it might be taught mm-hmm. in a way. I'd have to look into specific examples. Or like the site. syllabus of the class. Yeah, like. Because all of, say, uh, Professor Pellegrin's syllabuses are like, we must, it's basically like, oh, we're going to learn and understand mm-hmm. why and how this happened without really interjecting any sort of opinion. It's just kind mm-hmm. of a general, 
oh, why did this happen? What's what's going on here? Yeah, th- that could be it. But I still feel like having somebody say, oh, well, we don't want to just bash the United States through the lens. Mm-hmm. See, I don't know. It sounds a little bit like censorship, which I think it's a little ironic because a lot of conservatives really center on the idea of freedom and being able to say, you know, this one of my favorite cases uh, the Supreme Court heard was, uh, I don't remember the name, but it was one in Texas. And it was about a guy who burnt a flag. And, you know, all of Texas, you know, lit on fire and said, how could he do that? You know, you can't do that. You can't, you know, deface the flag and stuff like that. And the Supreme Court ended up saying, hey, you know, yeah, if he wants to burn the flag, he can. It's part of his first amendments. It's like protected by uh, Mm -hmm. freedom of speech. So I don't know. I just think that if somebody were to, like, if you were to switch it to, like, American studies, you know, like, you know, a class of American studies and a Democrat were to, like, say, oh, we're not going to teach it. I feel like a lot of people would be like, hey, you're trespassing on the grounds of first the freedom of speech. Because, mm. I don't know, because, like, even our history class, I feel like a lot of it, like, perhaps it's not presented as, like, hey, we're bashing the United States, but you do get to see the ugly side of the, the ugly side of the United States. And I feel like this class perhaps would have been more aggressive on its teaching, but it still give you the grant, like, grant you the view of, hey, we're going to, like, show you the United States is, you know, not all flowers and roses, but there's also been quite ugly sights in it, mm-hmm. you know, like slavery. And I think slavery should be talked about, you know. Oh, yeah. Like, it's it kind of reminds you of when Japan said um, that they were going to, like, they didn't acknowledge the, the rape of Nanking mm-hmm. for, like, the longest time. I don't know if they still do. They There's been, like, I've, I remember, I've heard, like, kind of, I've seen, like, Twitter things like back and forth and Mm -hmm. basically said like it's kind of not like a full acknowledgement but there's definitely it's like been talked about obviously okay and i feel like we shouldn't just say hey we shouldn't just show the pretty side we should also show like there's an ugly side like i mean my mexico i mean there's good things about it and then there's very terrible things Uh, there's mexico there was a student killing Mm -hmm. a protest of students and the military showed up and shot everyone and the Mexican government covered it up. And if that were to happen, I think people would be outraged. So I, I, I think just the basis of censoring stuff like that just sounds almost like trespassing on the First Amendment. I don't know what you think. I'd like to hear what you think. It's interesting because basically from what I remember hearing about that, they basically said, hey, this isn't right. And they sent it back to College Board mm-hmm. and just like just come back with like a revised version of it and then it'd be good to go. Because I've been, because that that happened like a few months back, so yeah, I want to. I'm I need to go research the like yeah. end results of it and see how it concluded to see if they like got the curriculum back and like they sent it back to the state of Florida and they approved it. Mm. I I don't know. Like again, you're right. It's been a while, so I don't know. But I do know that I think. Don't quote me. Uh, throughout this whole thing, just don't quote me. Um, but I do recall that apparently he. A bu- he started putting like conservative heads into the board of education, board? education or stuff like for that. For the state? Yeah, for the state or something like that. But mm-hmm. like, for example, the Disney thing, I know he put a full-on conservative into the to control the taxes, which I thought was interesting, you know, out of all things, Disneyland. <laughs> I think it's interesting because it's like, it shows kind of a, because I, I remember the, the legislation for basically getting rid of Disney's special districts. Mm-hmm. 
is kind of going away or like it passed some like body I think he, or house or I think it passed. I think. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting to me because that kind of shows like corporations can do this much, but I feel like they shouldn't own mm-hmm. specific land or have this much autonomy, which I guess I don't know. I feel like it kind of defines that kind of murky. Because my my I have I I've, I don't think I've told you my probably my greatest fear Go in ahead. American. It's Amazon asking for like a uh, political representation. Oh no, I don't think corporations should get any sort of political. No, yeah, I'm, I know, but like I'm saying, like that's probably one of my my greatest fear. I think that's a valid fear. Everybody should be scared of that. Yeah, where it's like this mega corporation. It's like you know you know about the trade federation in Star Wars. Yeah, it's yeah, basically like, the, yeah, like okay, basically I get that it. because you know this is a corporate entity that has actual representation and like political power within a body of representatives. Oh no, 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 no! And I, basically, I'm like, I don't want like actual like a corporatist. We don't, we don't need Count Dooku to show up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's a, that's a whole Count Dooku. That's a whole other discussion. Yeah, no, about definitely. The politics There'll be another of Star Wars. We should do that. That'd be a fun. Episode. That'd be a fun. That'd be I'll, a I'll side a side thing. Without that would be a fun discussion because yeah. I'm. I'll be, I'll be frank. I support the Confederacy of Independent Systems. I want I want to make that clear. Okay. Okay. I was like, <laughs> I, I, I have to think about it. <laughs> I was like, which uh, could you? Count Dooku. Count Dooku. Count Dooku. Count Dooku. Okay. Uh, Newt Gunray. All okay. those blokes. Yeah. Not a, not a huge fan of the the Galactic Republic. I mean, I don't blame you. I I, I honestly I watched these movies when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and. I was like, wow, Republic good. And then I watched it after I took a couple of political science and I was like, wow, Republic bad. Because it's just, <laughs> I saw there's this really good, and you might, you maybe. Is it the politics it. of Star Wars? Yes. I, yeah. I watched it. I'm so sorry for young. <laughs> <laughs> um, put, a, put a loud noise warning in there. Yeah, yeah I will. Um, but like, I just remember watching this video and I was like, it's just the fall of a democracy. And I don't, I don't want to point fingers, but like, I don't know, maybe Mexico would come the next Galactic Republic thanks to, uh, <laughs> to uh, AMLO. But he, are you saying he's Palpatine or something like that? I mean, he, he has the age of Palpatine. I'm just saying correlation, causation. I don't know. Consequence. I, I mean, uh, what's the other word? Coincidence? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. But I just remember watching it and I, like I rewatched the movies and I was like, wow, like the, this guy's just saying, hey, war's going bad. Give me more power. And the tenants are like, sure. And I was like, mm, no wonder Count Dooku separate. But then it's kind of sad because. There's I, like, it's kind of, it's co-opted. And then you realize, oh, it's actually this ginormous conspiracy yeah. to seize like absolute power and all these planets and like people that basically wanted like a separate like state. It's just, it's just a ploy. It's just a ploy, which is sad. But like the yeah. idea is good yeah i mean i I think in theory i mean count dooku well i don't know obi-wan in the third movie had a better beard (laughs) (laughs) that's my personal opinion Mm -hmm. um interesting though i don't know maybe maybe star wars is trying to tell us something we need a maybe we need a luke skywalker and an obi-wan but no anakin skywalker (laughs) no hayden christensen no well, Hayden, yes. <laughs> no Hayden, but no uh, Anakin. No Anakin, yes. Okay. There you go. See, that's what okay. I like. I guess going back to El Salvador, I find it interesting that I realized that I think a motivation for his policy is to basically to stop people from leaving, leaving El Salvador. I, I think that would make sense. 
Um, which is interesting because I was reading an article that talks about how a lot of immigrants in the United States are actually kind of leaving, which was interesting. And mm. it, apparently it's a, it's a common trend because that's kind of what like balances the immigration crises because, you know, people come in, but then older people just kind of go back to the country, uh, which I didn't know about it. You know, I think, I think it's pretty common for people to hear immigrants and they just stay, but no, it seems to be common for a lot of them to, you know, settle for a bit, you know, kind of get a life going. And then once the, their kids are self-sufficient, they go back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the New York Times does a wonderful way of telling the story of a couple like that. The other thing I did want to bring attention to uh, really quick is there was an investigation of child labor mm. with immigrants. Very, very scary stuff. And Biden did announce mm. something, and I would recommend looking into it. That's not to steal 40 hours of your day. <laughs> I heard about the child labor thing. Let's forget, that was in Montana? Uh, a I, bunch of states. I know companies like mm-hmm. the the people who make Cheerios have like immigrant children working in there. I remember because the New York Times again does a fantastic job of just capturing the mm-hmm. like they have pictures and they have like get testimony saying, "Oh yeah, I work like full hours and then I wake up to school and I usually don't go to school because you know I I go to work from like seven in the morning to six p.m. and then I wake up at five in the morning to go to work and then I don't even have time to do homework." Wow. Uh, so it's scary. And then last point, I promise, this is it. I'll tape my mouth shut next. <laughs> but um, we had a, I don't know if you heard, but Judy Shepard came to the campus. Uh, I did not heard, no. No, wonderful. It was one of the most life-changing experiences. Mm-hmm. And I mean, she does, she talked about, you know, violence in the United States. And she didn't just center on just like hate crimes of um, the LG. ETQ plus community, mm-hmm. but she also focused on, you know, minorities, immigrants, and, you know, she, she put a lot of effort on saying, you know, go out to vote. Like, if you want to see change, you got to vote. And I guess that's what I wanted to stress about. It's just like, you know, we, we like, we like to complain about politicians. We like to argue about politicians, you know, there's a lot of complaint about, I will say that. Yeah, exactly. Right. And I guess if we want to see any change, I'd say, Hey, let's go, let's go voting. Vote. Vote, vote for whoever. Use my problem. My my problem with that, like that line of thinking specifically, is the fact that you know, you vote. Biden says, "Oh, nothing will fundamentally change," and then you have the biggest defense budget, the biggest like increase in like policing. Yeah, and a uh. bunch of other stuff. Like I remember, I I forget he fully enforced like a basically turning away of all like Haitian like asylum seekers. I did not hear about that. And then also, like, I think Cubans, too? I'm not sure about Cubans, but I know somebody that would know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I mean, right now, the biggest news that came out is that he he's saying that now that executive order 224, something like that, Mm -hmm. is coming out. They're thinking of uh, detaining families. I heard that. I saw that this morning. That that one that one was like, oh, no, we're going back to like, that's bad. We shouldn't (laughs) detain it. I don't know. I'm I'm a big believer. Just just let them come in. It's it's a. It it's not. It's almost like their fault for making your country good. You know, like if you made your country, you know, a violence ridden place, nobody would come to your country. But you guys made it a plan. You, you fed me an image of opportunity, and a lot of people see that. And you know, El Salvador, Mexico, Honduras, all those countries see it as like, we. 
this is just not sustainable. So we go to the United States. I want to talk about one more thing. <laughs> it wasn't me. And it was because <laughs> you brought up, you, you mentioned Cuba, or I mentioned Cuba, and then you mentioned Cuba and Cuba. Cuba. But um, there's the, did you see, there's a bipartisan legislation to lift the embargo. Stop, really? Yeah. <gasps> bipartisan, which is unthink. Like, I heard that as like, really? No way. In the Senate. The bipartisan to motion to, to lift, lift the embargo off of Cuba, which if you don't know, we basically had an economic embargo on Cuba since JFK was in office. Yeah, since, I mean, since Fidel took over. Yeah. I'm going to cry. That was the most beautiful thing I ever today. <laughs> <laughs> I, I It'll be interesting to see because I feel like if it's bipartisan, it could definitely, because I feel like it might be now among those senators that's viewed as, you know, this very, like, outdated it's like why are we still i'm honestly doing surprised this? it lasted this long um, i feel like it would have been something that would have gone away in like the night like i feel like the mid 90s or the early yeah or the late two thousands or early 2010s because i like i am un- the cold war is such an interesting period you mm-hmm. know just you see atrocities in both sides etc and you know you'd see that the embargo i personally thought the embargo was gone but i mean it's still there and it's funny because I've talked to uh, our, our professor, mm-hmm. and he's always told me that, you know, the the Americans use the embargo, right? And they say socialism's bad. And then the Cubans, you know, they use the embargo and say, this is why socialism <laughs> is bad, because they're blocking us from success, right? So I'm very interested on seeing, well, the embargo changed change things, you know? and Yeah, I've heard... Several, I've heard, I think the most interesting, like, contradicting viewpoints is if the embargo gets lifted, then finally this economic system that is hypothetically supposed to be, like, completely self-reliant will Mm -hmm. benefit greatly from American importation of goods. Yeah. And or, and then also on the other hand, it's like, okay, well, if you now open the embargo, you basically, American influence can now fully... Get it back. Yeah, which I thought was a very interesting point, honestly, in my perspective, is the fact that the embargo has kind of been like a block towards American influence in Cuba Mm -hmm. because there's no, you know, economic investments in there as, you know, like before Fidel and Castro and stuff. After. Yeah, after. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if if it even passes the Senate. Yeah. So did it pass the House or the Senate? No, it's just like it's uh, it's now in committee. Oh, but it's I a bipartisan. It it's a bipartisan group of senators. Oh, okay. Well, I I really hope it passes. I mean, there there's a point. You know, like you said, this is this should have been temporary. Um, it makes it made sense. Like it made sense during the Cold War, and especially after the Cuban Missile Crisis. It, yeah, uh, it it made sense. Uh, again, we might have different opinions, but that's another thing. <laughs> uh, but like it, I just don't think it should have stayed up for as long. And again, it's funny because a lot of the like Cuban leadership, like something's like, you know, not to say, you know, the Cuban leadership has done terrible mistakes in their own like legislation, like, you know, 10 million pounds of sugar. You may be familiar with it. Uh, and, you know, they very likely blamed it on the embargo, you know, mm-hmm. destroying the economy. But I'm honestly looking forward if that will even increase transparency in Cuba because now if the government does something wrong, they can't just say embargo. That's why it didn't work, you know? Mm. Um, And if that'll make, you know, the government more willing to work or at least be more 
transparent about their decisions. And I do hope that also opens the light to how we see Cuba, especially mm. in the United States where, uh, again, I know somebody from Cuba. And, As you know, he's, he's <laughs> yeah, I think it might be the same guy. I think it is too. Um, and, you know, he always tells us about Miami and how they always see, you know, like, you know, Cuba bad. So I'm interested to see if that will improve the relations between, you know, American, American Cubans Cuban. and Cubans Cubans. So I look forward to it. Mm-hmm. I Again, that was the best thing I could have heard today. <laughs> <laughs> you made my day. <laughs> I want to thank everybody for tuning in. This has been uh, Capitol Hill Landscaping uh, with Scotty. Say thanks for our very special guest for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me again. I love this show. And, uh, uh, yeah. I will see you. Uh, I will see you all next time. Thank you. Have Bye. Bye bye.